Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm going to start off with a couple of advertisements, but I want to tell you our philosophy behind sponsoring the show. We do not take $1 from restaurants. Every single day, I get hit up from people all over the place in my restaurants asking for something for free. I never, ever want to be that person. So we do not take money from restaurants. I don't take free food from restaurants when I go out to eat. The people who support this show, the sponsors for the show, are the people who want to support locally owned and operated restaurants. When, I, when they learn that I don't take money from restaurants, they're like, yes, I want to help support you. I want you to continue to get the word out about these amazing people you're talking about. And that's our theory, right? So I'm not getting rich off this. This is allowing me to go out and support you guys. It's allowing me to have a studio, have good equipment to produce these episodes. So the sponsors mean so, so much to me. Sponsors like Aaron Moso over at Sharpie's Bakery. Check them out at sharpiesbakery.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S bakery.com. And people like Jason Ellis, who is at Supersource. Dish machine and chemicals, right? Every time I have somebody in here, they go, God, I hate my dish machine and chemical people uh, because they're in five-year contracts and they don't care about you. Jason does not do contracts at all. This guy just comes in. He works week to week. His number is 770-337-1143. And again, I have this studio where I've got they sponsor stuff up. Everybody who comes in gets merch to take home with them. But most of the time, they're like, dude, I love Jason Ellis. Oh my gosh, Sharpies is the greatest thing in the world. They save me so much time and money, and just the kitchen gets so dirty when I make bread. They're lifesavers. So I challenge you today, call both of these people immediately and get them to come in and do an audit on what you're doing in your building today. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, we are super excited today to host some people that I, I didn't know very well, but man, after this interview, I feel like they're some of my best friends. Um, Andy and Cody from the Bad Luck Burger Club. Yes, you've seen them at farmer's markets. You've seen them at pop-ups. You've seen their food truck around town. And today I got to go eat their burger. And I am so sorry to Pat Martin. I'm so sorry to everybody else out there, but it is, I think it's the best burger in the city. I am not kidding. I think it's the best burger I've ever eaten. How about that? That is that is a bold statement. In this interview, we talk about their favorite places, and they said Redheaded Stranger was one of theirs, the Green Chili Burger, which is a really, really close. I mean, there's some really, really good burgers. This Bad Luck Burger was unbelievable. After the interview, we actually all went. We, me and the Bad Luck Burger guys, we went to Redheaded Stranger, and I think we ate like one of everything on the menu. It was so much fun. I uh, posted on Instagram and Brian Lee Weaver shouted out. It's like, dude, the the one time I'm not there, you guys come in. So Brian's going to actually be on the show next week. So we're going to have him come in and we're going to do an interview. It's going to be a lot of fun, a full interview in studio with Brian Lee Weaver. Get ready for that. Also want to send a big shout out to Magnolia over there at Redheaded Stranger for taking such amazing care of us. She was so nice. Big shout out to Magnolia Ray. You're the best. 
And we, we have so many announcements today. It's just out of control. So the month of July, here we are, July. Holy cow. Happy 4th of July weekend. Happy, hope you have a wonderful and safe 4th of July. We finally got a little bit of rain. Uh, my yard has just been dying like crazy. And uh, I think that we just need water. It brings life. It's good. That is, uh, that is 4th of July weekend. So the month of July, we're going to take it a little easy. I say that, meaning I'm only going to work like 90 hours a week. And we are going to, uh, we're going to put out, it's a YouTube month. It's kind of the slowest month for restaurants this month, and it's hot as hell. Stay inside and let's watch some videos, right? So I've got all these videos. I put up 148 videos on our YouTube page. I'd love to get to 1,000 subscribers. I'm at like 130 something right now. So please go to YouTube, look up Nashville Restaurant Radio, and just subscribe to it. I'd love to have you there. I'm going to be putting up videos almost daily of past interviews. If you're wondering what was going on in the studio, all the shenanigans, we're going to have those up. Really, really excited to do that. And um, let's see, what else do I have going on? Jen Ichikawa. If you guys have been wondering, hey, didn't you have a co-host on your show? What happened to Jen? Jen took a break. Jen was, um, she had a lot going on. And she said, hey, dude, I need to take a break. And I totally understood that. And I said, absolutely. I haven't really talked about it. But we're going to bring her in studio next week. And we're going to get an update. Get an update on Jen. We'll have, it's going to be, I'm like so looking forward. Because I haven't even talked to her. Like I haven't talked to her in like a month. So we're going to do it live. We're going to catch up live on the air. And we're going to put that out as a podcast. Just us bullshitting, really. Just kind of hanging out and and talking. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So, hey, if you're also Nashville Restaurant Alliance, I know that you've seen the Instagram page uh, at Nashville Restaurant Alliance. We are still working on the details, but I am getting closer every day, and I am so excited to bring this to you. I have so many people that I've told personally, like one-on-one, like what this is, and they're all in. They're all really excited. Bringing everybody together, guys, better together. How can we all help each other. I'm putting all the details together. Nashville Restaurant Alliance. Go find Nashville Restaurant Alliance on Instagram. Follow the page. I am doing a follow for a follow. So if you follow that page, I am following you back. So if you want at least one new follower today, go hit uh, at Nashville Restaurant Alliance and I will follow you right back. Thank you for those who've started following. I've only done one post and I will start working on that. This is going to be a lot, a lot of fun Wow. Okay. A lot of stuff going on out there today. Let's jump in with Cody and Andy. This is such a damn good interview. And pardon my French. I first started off the podcast. I didn't swear a whole lot. And now I feel like I'm just like talking normal into the the mic, which is a good thing. But I'm sorry if you don't like swearing because I kind of just talk that way sometimes. And uh, I'm trying to be the most authentic me possible. So there you go. Deal with it. I hope you guys have a great week, and we are going to be putting some amazing, fresh content out there. Again, go follow us on YouTube. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Super excited today to welcome in Andy and Cody from the Bad Luck Burger Club. What's up, gentlemen? Hello. Oh, man. Happy to be here. Just broad-eyed and bushy-tailed, they say. I don't think I've ever used that phrase. I was going to ask. I was going to say, is bushy-tailed something that you feel like you're you're feeling today? Yeah. I don't even really know what it means, but... I don't think I fall into that category. I, <laughs> what does it mean? 
you know, I think it's uh, maybe like a, is it a squirrel like a squirrel? Reference? Like yeah, a squirrel. Like every morning, like I get up and there's just there's there's fucking squirrels in my backyard, like everywhere. Yeah. Okay, and they're just running around with their eyes open. They got bushy tails. Is that a thing? Maybe squirrels. Maybe bunnies. It Ooh, might be a this, bunny this thing. Could be a bunny, but bunnies are like nocturnal. I think like bunnies. Like I always see them like at nighttime. Okay, okay, okay. That's more Cody speed. Cody's a night guy. I the older I get, I'm not. I used to be a night guy. But, yeah, I'm definitely bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and happy to be here today, you know? Hell, yeah. Well, I'm excited yeah. to have you guys here. I, we've kind of been toying with having you guys on. Like, we've kind of been talking and, hey, you guys want to come on? And then, oh, we got a lot of stuff going on. Hey, let's talk about it next month. But we finally have you in studio here to talk. So let's let people know who your voices are. Because as you go along, let's try and do some association. So Andy... Yeah, that's me. I'm the kind of like the nasally guy of the group. Okay, Andy, the nasally guy. What is your, give me like your story in like two minutes. Like where you come from, like which, tell me about you. Okay, I grew up in a small town called Paris, Tennessee, which is like an hour and a half from here. West. Yep. Yes. Um, Parsons, the Parsons exit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Grew up there. There's not much there, you know. Uh, Is it 92? Oh gosh, man! I really can't remember okay. the. I'm, I'm like, I, <laughs> um, I've blocked it out. I've driven I, to Memphis so many times. I grew up there at 18. I got out of there. All I cared about as a teenager was playing like punk rock and metal. Uh, got into like playing in bands. What did and, you play? Um, I started playing like drums and guitar and stuff. But the thing that I might be known for more than anything is being a vocalist of a metal band. Really? Um, yeah, I got into touring pretty early on. So for about a decade, um, into my early 30s, I toured in a metal band as a vocalist. Um, Which metal band? We were called A Plea for Purging, um, based out of Nashville. Um, nothing huge, but, you know, made enough money to, like, supplement my income as a, as a guy in my 20s. Toured all over the world, been to, like, 19 countries and multiple records out all over the place. Um, so that's, how, that's what got me out of that small town and got me into Nashville. And then, um, you know, as any metal punk rock band, you know, one day it's going to end. Um, and then just kind of worked like various jobs and got back into the music industry for a while on the other side, doing like live production and staging, traveling around with, you know, big, like big dro- country name, artists, name you know, like, you um, Panic at the Disco, Pentatonics, uh, big country like, artists, like uh, yeah, Zach Brown Band, <laughs> that kind of there, stuff. That's a big country artist. Um, so doing that kind of thing, and then when the pandemic hit, uh, the the music industry just ended, you know, for for a moment. And so, way longer story, but I had a chance to hold on and grasp to that for a minute, or to go start fresh. And I was ready to start fresh, and so I left that and. Then code that's where our story kind of intersects and we start making cheeseburgers together. There's so many there's so many follow up questions I have to that. I could that isn't what you just now said is an entire episode. Yeah, we so could we, we could, could break down. Could bring me back and talk about me, or we could just not bring Cody on, dude. Just sit over there. And Why am I even talk. here? Yeah. Why am I here? Well, because you're a musician as well, Cody, right? Yeah. So let's get Cody's voice in here so that throughout the conversation you guys know who everybody is. Cody, kind of same question, man. What's your story? Well, what's funny about my story is it's pretty much exactly the same story as Andy's. Uh, started playing music in my teens and uh, got in a band. That band got real serious real quick. We had what a rec- was that band? A band called The Wedding. 
The Wedding. Yeah, it's kind okay. of a riffy rock band, kind of pop punk in the early days and kind of get, turned into more of like a riff-based rock band later on. But uh, signed a record deal at 17 and started touring like right away. Wow. Like skipped my... From Nashville? No, from Northwest Arkansas. Grew up in Northwest Arkansas. Um, and there's a really cool music scene up there that no one would ever expect. I was like the hotbed right. of it, pop punk, uh, like you know, riffy kind of band. Yeah, there's a there's actually a Northern really Arkansas. awesome, yeah, awesome music scene in Northwest Arkansas that like is completely unexpected, and like a lot of great bands have come out of that area. That's badass. Um, so yeah, started touring at 17, like skipped my second year, my senior year of high school, and like hit the road, and did that for a decade, and. Like Andy said, you know, inevitably that comes to an end, but we were like 250 days a year for 10 years, like, wow. like never home. We had an ad in uh, AP magazine once and it, it's, uh, you know, let's say whatever band on tour this fall, ours said on tour always like that was our ad. That's on what tour we always. do. Um, so yeah, just toured very, very heavily in the States and that band came to an end and I, I kept playing, I kept taking gigs and doing what do you playing? I play bass. Okay. Traditionally. Um, like most bands I've been in, I played bass. Um, I play, you play other, other instruments. I do. I do play other instruments, which is aids in, in writing. I also write a lot and compose a lot. Nice. Um, but usually as a band member, I'm usually a bass player. So, um, I kept taking gigs and kept playing music after the band was done. Um, and I still am playing in a, some capacity, much smaller capacity now than I ever have before um because of what we're doing now and why we're on a restaurant podcast today and not a music podcast i you know i don't i i was thinking about this the other day i don't want to get off on a tangent here but i was like this is a restaurant podcast but like i like restaurant but i love music people we're, we're in the same yeah. industry right to a degree i mean you guys one of the things that really attracted me to you is that you look like you're having so much fun like yeah. with everything that you're doing it's almost like when you guys are cooking at a farmer's market or whatever it is whatever this pop-up is you guys are there it's almost like you guys are on stage like you guys are performing so much more than just i'm cooking food and that's one of those things i i, I knew there was something different about what you guys did because you have an energy about what you're doing that translates into my food we, and that's yeah. super cool like those those things intersect really we strongly talk a lot about how funny it is of how like how similar this is to being in a band, like the load in and load out and all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody sees. And the only time anybody sees you is when you're on stage, you know, like when you're open, when service opens. Uh, but there's like, that's like 15% of the work, you know, nobody sees all the other stuff. Nobody sees the overnight drives and the load in and load out and the practice and the, and the admin and the books and like running the business and you know, all the things like, I'm talking about being in a band right now. Um, you could, they're interchangeable, that, but we're right. All they're so is. similar. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sees most of the work and it's funny. And you just get this like few hours to like be on stage. And that's when we're like cooking and hamming it up with people. And is know. that a driving force for you guys? Is that I mean, because you chase that high. I mean, I was a bartender for years, ran restaurants for years. And then I left the industry to go work in the food business, like selling food and produce to people and I missed being three deep at the bar. I missed the, what do you want? What do you want? And like constantly just there's a endorphin rush that you get when you see the front door and it's full of people like, oh shit, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's Friday night. And I'm about to be slammed for like five hours. There is a rush. Yeah. And I never got that. Mac, it's, but I missed that. I wanted that. Do you guys, do you think that's a transition that got you into doing this? 
For sure. I mean, I think like as we joked before being on podcasts, like I I just I kind of crave attention and like, you know, oh, look at me, you know, I'm just a loud, boisterous dude. And so like when we started in the pop-up underneath the tent with the griddles and stuff, though, it's cool that you haven't even like been to our thing, but it, it translates online that people see like our whole thing is not only you enjoying your cheeseburger, but you enjoying your experience of coming to our tent or coming to our truck. And like the club aspect of our name is something that, maybe in the very beginning was just a cool sounding name, but it's something that we very much taken to heart. Like we want you to feel uh, involved in a part of the thing that's going on. So it is very interactive and just yelling at people and being goofy and like Cody and I like ripping on each other or making jokes. And now that we're in the truck and we're a little more enclosed as opposed to being in the tent, we both have like microphones and can like, just grab a microphone at any point and talk to people out in the crowd. And, um, it's fun. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Like the adrenaline that you get, you know, and cl- of course when you get in the weeds and you're just like got a line of a hundred people deep and you're just, you know, cruising, like that gets stressful, but, uh, I love it, man. Like, you know, and we're super new to it. We, I mean, we're one year deep into this thing you know, maybe five years down the road, we'll be talking like all the jaded restauranteurs and line cooks in the world. But right now it's uh, pretty exciting. You know what? You don't ever have to be jaded about it. Like this never, like everything in my opinion is about mindset. And if you walk in to work expecting things to, oh, this is just going to happen today, go find a new place. Like get the fuck out of there. You don't that that is not a healthy place you need to be. Or figure out a way to make that new again. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is what you approach, it's what you bring to the table every day that creates that. And if yeah. you always have fun with what you do, it never ends. I mean, I, I think that. Yeah. That's just for me. But you guys I mean bands, but do you guys feel that way when you're loading in, loading out? Did it get old to a point where you're jaded musicians? no it's okay if you no i mean i mean it was to me it was it was the show it was like playing that that's like okay cool like it's the payoff it's the reset yeah like even a even a small show or a crappy show was still awesome like i'm still playing music for money and like that rules but it wasn't about the money sure right well it was like no it was like i i but you have to pay your bills and so like and this is how i get to do it like i'm paying my bills by doing this thing that's like awesome it's like who it's such a weird job you know like to get on stage with an instrument and just like thrash around and jump around and like jump on people and like you know what i mean like just feed off the energy of the crowd oh yeah it's awesome and you i would often have a thought like i can't believe i get paid to do this i can't believe like this is my job this is this is the only place where acting like this would ever be like reasonable or accepted if i was if i was in a parking lot like doing what i'm doing with my body right now somebody would call the cops and be like there's a crazy guy in the parking lot but like i get to get on stage and do this and and actually get paid for it uh, yeah I, like, I feel that way every very, day i come into the cool. studio i'm like yeah. i i actually and do okay doing this like this is insane it's uh, I'll, I'll go back to the money aspect of it for a second it's not so much like doing it for money but there's some gratification and thinking back to being like a 13 year old kid and all you can think about at 13 14 years old when you get your 
first guitar or your first drum set or whatever, you have these dreams of like climbing in a van and driving down the road with your friends and playing music. And uh, when it comes to fruition and you're like, I mean, I, I don't know what his band was making and I can only speak for myself, but we we're both very similar levels of success. Like you're making a very meager amount of money. You're not staying but, at the four seasons when you're traveling around, right? Right. right. I mean, but when you're paying your bills off of this half-assed little dream that you had when you were a 13 year old kid, that's insane. You know, it, it's, it's crazy to say that you were able to do that, especially for both of us for about a decade did that. You that know? book over there, you see that book, the storyteller. I just started it. Holy shit. It's like one of my favorite books I've ever read. And I'm a nonfiction business book, you know, five dysfunctions of a team. How do we gel together? I love all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But this book, I could not put it down. Like I just was enamored. And part of and the book I'm talking about is Dave Grohl's The Storyteller. And he has, he talks about that when he was a kid in, the, in his band Scream, I think it was. Yeah. He, like, all he wanted to do was go on the road and sleeping in the van mm -hmm. and not having any money, but just having enough money to smoke weed and, like, have, like, Marlboros was everything to him. And just meeting his heroes, like, being on tour and getting to meet people like he was so humble the whole time and he was just gracious that he got to do this. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're you're saying? It's not it's not like there's a ton of money, but I get to do something I love and I get to travel and I get to see all these things. I think that during that time of your life when you're younger, you gotta do that. Right. I mean, the experiences you're gonna have for the rest of your life based upon what you've got to go do, I don't think there's a value you can put on that. Whatever money you made to live, like the life experience you got out of that got to be something that will pay back dividends the rest of your life absolutely oh, yeah absolutely i don't think there's a, a day in my life that i don't like live through that lens of those experiences i don't it's hard to explain i don't even know how to put it in into words like it is it's shaped who i am and not only just who i am but like how i live from like wake up to to go to sleep you know like for sure it, it informs like every decision that you make like there you go it's it, it truly is you you just learn how to operate with less and figure out very early in life what you need for a sustainable life that you're happy in and then you take those values to and apply them to everything else you do and i can say personally like i grew up in like poverty and like i have a pretty just standard you know middle class american life now and like that to me is like living in the lap of luxury and that's all because i learned like one all the experiences i got traveling the world learning other people's cultures learning how to run a business with four other guys and um i mean everything i have like my wife i met my wife on the road like every literally every aspect that i have in my life came from punk and hardcore and metal and just being in a band I also met my wife on the road. So you guys are both married. Do you have children? No kids. No, no kids. Married. How long have you guys been married? Um, six years. Me? Yeah, I've been with Rachel for 13 years, but we've been married for two. Nice. Yeah. Um, let me say that I just read a book by the recommendation of a guy named Matthew Clements. 
And Matthew is with Robin's Insurance. We got, okay. They got, they got a booth behind me here. I hook you guys up with a hat and some stuff today. But the book was called The Comfort Crisis, and it was by a guy named Michael Easter. We're actually going to bring back, I have a book club, Brandon's book club. We're going to bring it back for the month of August. I think this will be brought to you by Robbins. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to read this book, The Comfort Crisis. But he talks about people who live in challenging times, who go through, who, who kind of live the life on the road, who don't have everything given to them, who have to who go through some sort of uncomfortable life, just just challenging things, and they work through it, live much happier, much more fulfilled lives as adults because they've stepped outside of a comfort zone, and they know they, they, they find gratitude in everyday things that they don't take for granted. And I thought that was such an amazing perspective, which is kind of what I was talking about. Like It's all about your perspective going into this thing. If after... 10 years you're like oh this is just a grind well then step outside do something different mm-hmm. um but it's interesting because it, it's that exact thing that he's talking about in the book exactly what you guys are talking about right now that going through all that loading in loading out doing a pop-up out of a food truck you're uniquely conditioned to do that yeah, yeah and I enjoy so. it and, yeah. and and do it really well so let's let's, let's I, i'm sorry i get off on a tangent Let's talk about the bad, bad Luck Burger Club. Is it an actual club? Can I go online and join this club? You, Yes and no. No, you can't. But you can be a part of it. You can buy coming and experiencing. Being a part of it, yeah. you're part of the club? Yeah, just come get a cheeseburger. Then you're in the club. Yeah, it's a it's it's a vibe more than, you know. You don't a, get a, a card. You got to pay for. Like There's no dues. You don't get a card. You just come. You just be. You just come be a part of it. You just come and be. And there. I think this is way more existential question or answer to the question, but like you can come buy a cheeseburger and then leave and maybe not immerse yourself into the situation. And then the person behind you comes with a different vibe that is very much there. I don't know how to explain it. We've had some services where, you know, you're like, these aren't really our people. I don't really know how to explain it. We're we're here for every and all. Like our whole thing is about all are welcome. Sure. All are welcome. Yeah. We're inclusive to everyone. Um, but there's some people that just come with this vibe of like understanding they might wait in line for 15 minutes and they're waiting in line for pretty much one cheeseburger. We don't have a lot of offerings. Like, <laughs> um, but in that 10 minutes or 20 minutes or however long they're waiting in line, they're meeting the people next to them. And like friendships and relationships have started out of our, our lines. Like literally a guy posted, we we've been, a uh, uh, in business for about a year and like right around our year mark, a guy posted a picture of his girlfriend and said, I met her uh, in May, 2021 at a bad luck burger club pop up. And we're, now we date and we're together and like it's stuff like that like i don't know how to that's really the club, explain man. the club but that's, that's the awesome club. no that's the, the club. club is like coming with an open heart and an open mind to not only eating what we consider you know the best cheeseburger around but also to like experience your community and meet a new person maybe start a new friendship like we have so many people now that are our friends that we didn't know a year ago like that come by cheeseburgers you know like it, maybe it's a little bit of one-sided relationship because they're coming and giving us money to 
be our friends or whatever. But like, <laughs> that sounds weird, you know, but like there's dudes like Steven. They want to be, like they want to be Fred in your orbit, man. Like there's all these people that we know their names and like they bring their parents when their parents come to town because they're like, this is, these dudes are great. I want to show you them and their product. And I don't know. It is, is it's a beautiful thing that we have with the community that we're building. So it's not just a cheeseburger. Club. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the club. the club. And some people come and they, they don't, they don't get it. And that's okay. I will, I will happily serve you a cheeseburger and like smile at you and tell you to have a good day. And I hope you have a great time. But some people just aren't like, they just aren't down for that or like ready for that or I don't know, whatever it is. All right. So, there's different areas of town. You guys have a truck, right? You guys have yeah. a food truck yep. now. Started off doing pop ups, and you're going to farmers markets and different places, and you're popping yep. up. And here we are. Now you have a truck. You can go and set up. It's probably a lot easier with a truck now, isn't it? It's. I wouldn't say easier. It's different. It's, it's definitely different. It's a whole different set of set of challenges, and yeah. it's a different kind of workload. But okay. it is on site. Maybe it's easier. It's like way we don't more have to go set up a whole bunch of stuff. We just gotta. It's way plug. more efficient once we get there. There's yeah. a there's a lot of new new tasks so speaking of like i just i saw jack white when he was here in town played at ascend maybe a month or two ago mm -hmm. i loved it he's all over the place and he's a performer and he's up there but i was with a buddy who was like this is the worst show i've ever been to and i was like what he's like the crowd is just not doing anything and i'm like what's the crowd supposed to do like i'm enjoying that i don't give a fuck what the crowd is doing I'm enjoying the show. Right. But he was like bringing me down. She's like, oh, I don't even know this song. I'm like, well, I, are you a fan? Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Just <laughs> be in the moment, dude. Right. Yeah. But he kind of was just like bringing me down. And then he posts like this show is terrible. And it got back to this whole conversation about musicians playing in Nashville and that the Nashville crowds are a very tough crowd to play in front of because they see it all. Yeah. Like you go play in Sheboygan, they're really excited to see you, but you play in Nashville and it's like, yeah, we had the Rolling Stones here last week and we had every major country star in the world play here two weeks ago and we we get everything. So yeah. you got to come with something strong. If you, you need to bring some guests on stage and then the crowd's like, oh, is that like that when you guys are going around serving food? Are there different parts of town that are like, eh, it's a burger and then somebody's like, holy shit you're here and are excited about it do you notice that different places that you guys pop up yes different places but i haven't figured out the the rhyme and reason to it like i think it's just is what it is on that day for some reason like i don't know if it's the place we're at or the part of town that place is in or whatever but some some days just don't vibe like other days do and i haven't been able to really pinpoint it i don't know if you got thoughts on that andy yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of hard to pinpoint down, like, because we've, we've probably done more business in East Nashville than anywhere. Like, that, that is kind of our home front, you know, just because there's a lot, you know, the millennial, like, underground music scene kid kind of person. That's where they all kind of gravitate to, and that's where we Very progressive. are from. I love um, East Nashville. But we, you know, that's kind of where we got our start. But then we, we go to all sides of town now, and it's just we built a huge following there. And now it's just sometimes you go to the nations, and like all the people in East Nashville don't travel all the way to West Nashville, so you're just kind of starting all over, you know, getting a whole crowd of people again. And um, 
you know, we do all right over there in the nations. And then um, now we're starting to hit like Wedgwood, Houston a lot. Okay. Um, and, you know, and that whole neighborhood is just now starting to fire off and things are starting to pick up there, not just with us, like with other businesses and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of like the first time you go play in, you know, Wichita, Kansas, and there's like 17 people. And then the next time you, they told all their friends and there's 24 people and then there's 68 and then you get up to a couple hundred or whatever. So it's just building that audience everywhere you go, you know? Um, it's a lot of work. It's a it lot is. of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. We got really lucky in the very beginning. I don't know how it happened really, but we just like from the very beginning, we just kind of like fired and people like really caught on to what we were doing. Um, well, I think you had a so, vibe. Yeah. I think people needed that because we're in pandemic and like you bring energy to what you're doing. I'm like, I want to go be a part of that. I need that. I need to be yeah. some, about part of something that's really cool. Cause there was just, you know, everybody was locked in their house. Like that's the whole thing is like, we started this business during like the worst of things for the restaurant industry. Like everybody was shut down. Everybody couldn't figure out how to make ends meet. And like we started during that and just, kind of blew up and like it's it's not lost on us that that's a crazy thing and uh very you know we're very lucky uh to have had that experience but how did you guys meet we met on the road our paths crossed here and there when we were touring okay the first time we ever met is cody barely remembers but he slept in my living room he was on tour with his band and like his tour manager front of house guy he was front of house yeah. was my roommate and they came through town to stayed at my house wow. that was 15 plus years that was ago probably, probably 2005 right? 2006 yeah really yeah 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 super early so who um, had the idea for this thing um like how did it come out were you guys like drinking sitting in the back porch playing music and it was like dude you made a hamburger that was fucking good and then all of a sudden it was like hey we should do this like Man, it, it, how did this? What was the genesis? I'll tell my half. I'll tell my half, and you tell your half. Sure. Okay. We'll Let, compare. We'll see how the we'll, story. We'll see how out. how it shakes out. Okay. Um, when I feel like every dude in their like twenties has this dream of like opening a bar one day, you know, like oh, like at least me, I've always I was thought there, for sure. Man, I want to open a bar that's got like five cans of beer and a cheeseburger, and I've said that for. Two decades, but never like done Brown's any. Brown's Diner. <laughs> yeah, and I've never done any work to make that happen. I've never even been like a crazy, like I like to cook at home a little bit here and there, but like I've never been passionate about like, you know, culinary arts or anything like that, you know. Um, but that's just this idea that I've had forever. Well, during the pandemic, I go to one of my best friend's house and they're trying to make smashed cheeseburgers on a cast iron skillet and on a grill. Um, and I, it was great. It's fun night. But when I left, I thought I can do that better. Um, and for some reason it was just like, got really, uh, fixated on how to make a, a really good smash cheeseburger. Uh, I did the same thing, skillet on a grill. And then I was like, this isn't getting hot enough. So I bought a flat top griddle and started making cheeseburgers at home and just was on just fixated on like coming up what I think is the best cheeseburger ever. Okay, so how um, did you what what is the best cheeseburger? What did you come up with? Um how do you make it? 
So I, mean, you I want know, all the secrets. I'm not going to give you all the <laughs> secrets, but I will tell you that we use 80-20 ground beef, ground chuck. Okay. Um, Two-ounce balls, so you got two two-ounce patties um, being four ounces, you know. Uh, smash them, American cheese, grilled onions, dill pickles, very thin sliced dill pickle, um, and a special sauce, um, and a potato roll. And so that's why I started doing it at home. And like Cody was like, I actually started like talking to a dude and got some branding and was like, I'm going to go try to do this pop-up thing like on I'm my gonna, own. Yeah. Like knew nothing about anything in the world. I was just like, I want to try to sell cheeseburgers to people. And like, that's how it starts though. And I got like a logo of like my face. Cause I'm all about myself. So like, I just had my face drawn and like Cody and I are like, Friends, but not close friends. Like, somewhere in the line of acquaintance slash friendship. At this time. At that time. Sure. Yeah. And Cody and I start talking back and forth because Cody got a griddle. And we start, and and Cody comes to my house. I invite Cody over for dinner. Actually, I think our wives. Okay, maybe our wives. We should hang out. We should hang out. And then you actually this, did it. This is where it gets nitty gritty. People say that all the time. Cody said that he almost didn't want to come over because he... He didn't know how we would vibe together hanging out, you know, without like some sort of like a buffer, like a friendship buffer, maybe. Uh, yeah, like I'm know. kind of an intense person a little bit, you know, you probably <laughs> just didn't really like me that much. What do you intend? Um, like, what do you mean? What does that mean? I'm an intense person. Uh, man, my, I'm trying to dial it down here. Um, but I'm just loud and like, are you like, we're going to make America great again? You know, I'm not so QAnon <laughs> like that, but, but I am like, just, yeah, I probably have, uh, some of those tendencies just to be loud and crazy and not know what I'm talking about. And somehow it all ends up at the end making sense. But, <laughs> um, anyway, so Cody came over and ate dinner with us and he was like, I think I like you enough that I'm going to try to latch onto this thing that you've already built for yourself and i'm gonna take half of it and start this pop up with me what do you think cody is it like that kind of like that okay. that's kind of where that's where our story is me so you tell your version okay my version uh i've always thought that i would be interested in cooking but i never had the time because i was always on on the road never had the time or the money to invest in like equipment and you know and like cookware and stuff um, it's expensive. It is expensive. So then I stopped touring and then I got married and cookware and kitchen stuff rains down on you from heaven. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to see if I like cooking like I always thought I might. And sure enough, I did. I got super, super into cooking and at home and just really, really, really liked cooking a lot and uh, spent a lot of time in the kitchen and like learning how to how you know like knife skills and like learning how to chop onions efficiently and stuff i got real nerdy about all that kind of stuff um and so when covid hit and we were all locked down at our houses i got i was just bored i was looking for something to do i decided i wanted to cook outside and be outside a lot so i got a flat top griddle and then I just started doing things you do on a flat top griddle, like cheesesteaks and uh, smash burgers and burritos, you know, like and tacos, things you can cook a lot of stuff all at once. And sure. Whatever, whatever. So, yeah, I got into doing smash burgers, just one of the things I got into doing and uh, just trying to make a good smash burger. And then I saw on the internet that Andy was also 
he had gotten a flat top, and he was also messing around with smash burgers. We've already heard how he got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we just started talking about it, you know, just on the internet, just on like Instagram stories or whatever. Like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? What kind of stuff are you using? What, what, you, what, how do you season it? Like, what kind of tools do you have? Whatever. We started kind of riffing about it. And then sometime other than that, our wives were like, hey, we should all have dinner together. And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> He didn't want to hang we'll out. We'll have with Smash me. Burgers. So, did um, we have burgers that night? Or I know one time I made you steak. I think that was a steak night. What do you think, think about you, my steak? It's pretty good. Okay, tight. All right. So anyway, we we're just talking, getting getting to know my, you know, up until that point, acquaintance Andy, getting to know him in a little bit, and we start talking about burgers because it's like the only thing. We have to talk, you know, we already connected about this on the internet. Like, so you have music and, like, so many other things. <laughs> yeah, you I, know. The, we're, we're making a, we're making, we're, we're uh, blowing this up. See, I, the only I glue, liked Andy only just glue fine. we have is beef. <laughs> I liked Andy just fine. I spent a decent enough amount of time with Andy. I knew I liked Andy. Felt like this was a good time to take a short break to hear a few words from our sponsors. Hey everybody, I want to tell you all about Maintain IQ. Maintain IQ is an app, or you can use it on the web, but what it is is a checklist. It's a digital checklist system for every single thing you need in your restaurant. This also works for food temping. The Bluetooth uh, thermometer works directly with this app, so you can have all of your line checks in one place. I love it most for manager opening checklist, mid checklist, and then closing checklist so that everybody does everything they have to do before they get out the door. I'm also going to talk about my new favorite company, GoTab. GoTab is a, it's a kind of an all-in-one system. Really, you've got to call and do a demo. I'm not going to do them any favors right here. I'm doing another demo next week because I just continue, continue to learn. If you're out there and you're tired of getting a million emails from people saying, hey, we've got your next solution, Guys, I, I follow up with those and I call those people just because I want to learn. If there was a way right now, if there was a phone number you could call and talk to somebody for 30 minutes that would save you or make you thousands of dollars, wouldn't you do it immediately? I mean, that's what your time is for. This is what I this is my call to action to you. I want you to go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. I want you to click the Go Tab button. And from there, if you go to that link, the Go Tab link, and you let them know, hey, I'm from Nashville. This is, I heard you on Na- uh, Nashville Restaurant Radio. I want to do a demo. For everybody who does a demo, I will give you a Nashville Restaurant Radio t shirt or a really cool brand new Nashville Restaurant Radio hat. All you got to do is send a message and say, hey, did a, did a demo with Go Tab? Or, hey, I did a demo with Maintain IQ. Either way, and I will come deliver them to your studio, to wherever you are. I will come deliver them to your restaurant, and I want to know how the demo went. What did you learn? Because I'm constantly learning new things myself. So here's what you do. You go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and from there, you will click Go tab. That's going to get you set up with a demo there. How do you get a demo of Maintain IQ? Well, you can go to MaintainIQ.com, or you can call the founder and CEO, Will Jockson, uh, his number is 888-534-0261. Uh, these are the people. This is the big time call to action. Go check them out. You will thank me a thousand times. Hey, and get a free t-shirt or a hat. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. So um, he starts telling thank me you. about how he wants to do this burger pop-up. And I was like, man, I've always had a draw to like 
the food industry. I just, I never know. I never knew how, like I didn't, I didn't start in that industry young. I don't think I can start in it now. Uh, you know, yes, from you the can. bottom. <laughs> yes, you can. Just not in a way I, I ever thought. Um, and he was like, yeah, I've got this guy working on some branding for me for a pop-up. And I was like, dude, we should do something like that together. I think we could, we could kill because we both have that like grassroots DIY kind of vibe. I was like, dude, we should do something like this. And we just started riffing about it and we riffed about it for, I don't know, two, two months or three months. And then we started getting together and making cheeseburgers like every week. And we just got obsessed with trying to create like this perfect burger. Not, we didn't really think we were actually going to make a business out of it. I don't think at the time we just thought it would be like fun to figure out if we could. It was like, man, how cool would it be to go set up in a parking lot sometime and sell like 50 cheeseburgers? You know what I mean? Like that was, that was as far as was it was like, going. Yeah. It wasn't like, Hey, let's, but it had to minds. be great. So we spent a lot of time really making it great, trying to make it great. And we were like, we finally got to a point. It was, it was weeks later. Yeah, and we, we tried a million a different things, and we pretty much ended up right back where we started. But now we knew that what was where the we craziest was thing great. that you guys tried that just that just failed. That was like this sucks. Man, I don't know if I ever did anything that I thought really sucked. That yeah, we <laughs> we're just prodigies. Um, so most everything <laughs> we did was, I mean, most everything we did was like, oh, this is okay, but it's not like. Not the what, what would you do? Like, I mean, like so in, as you're testing this thing out, you said two ounce balls, you're you're smashing them on a griddle. Like, did you try different seasonings? Hey, look, we'll put mushrooms in it. We'll, we'll, we'll chop up cremini mushrooms and we'll make a mushroom smash burger. And they're like, eh, no. Like, what, did was, you, what was your trial and error? What I was trying, like? I mean, I was trying a lot of different ways to like top it. Like my, my wife was like, you should do one with peanut butter on it. And I was yes. like, oh, uh, okay. And so, like, I would try something, like, riff around with peanut butter, and she would think it was awesome, and I was like, I don't love this. I can see how someone would love this. If I had this, a menu with 10 burgers, yeah, this could be this one of them. This is not my them. vibe, but, I, you know, I was trying stuff with, like, like a like a breakfast burger, like, doing stuff with eggs, and then I was doing the onion. We were chopping the onions, and then sometimes we were, like, thin slicing the onions and doing that, like, Oklahoma-style thing, and, like, we, you know, just trying a bunch of different ways. Oklahoma-style? Yeah, you, look at you now. You're like knowing regional burgers. Sure, sure. Regional yeah. onion <laughs> style. We're, we're real pros. We're yeah. You, you went from we don't know what we're doing to now you know regional onion slicing. Look at you. So, uh, you know, just trying in a whole bunch of different ways. And we really spent a lot of time on figuring the sauce out. We probably did yeah. 30 plus different versions Multiple of days. that sauce. Multiple days of just like mixing sauces. Small tweaks. And then like trying them and eating a lot of, because then once you land a sauce, we were like, oh, this sauce tastes pretty good like by itself. Then you got to eat, like that's the hard thing about this is like you get all these individual ingredients that, and it's funny, we're just talking about a cheeseburger here. But you got all these individual ingredients that all taste good on their own. And then you got to make sure that they all have the exact same taste and consistency that you want put together. So we're like making so many cheeseburgers just to try different variations of sauce. And we're talking, some of these sauces are the same exact ingredients, but just different ratios. And then some of them have like, we did some with some hot sauce and some with some horseradish and this and that. And like, I don't know, like so much stuff that then finally you're just like, man, I can't even remember what we're trying to do here you know like wait which one did we like again (laughs) yeah dude it was crazy 
We just got obsessed. We just got straight up obsessed with trying to make this one really killer smash burger. And when you did it, was there a moment? Was there like a the clouds opened and like there was a rainbow and you were like, this is it. Dude, We've made I, the one. I've I felt that feeling for sure. Yeah. I had this this moment of like, dude, I think we I think we did it. Like, this is really good. Dude. Yeah, it's, this is it, really we're good. really stoked. And what what I always think is really cool is the the burger that we're at right now is very similar to the burger we started with. Like we started here and we went on a huge like journey to see if we needed to end somewhere else and we got really close to like where we started it would just but like, then we knew we were like we super well you have to do that yeah yeah like you know there was tweaks to the sauce and the seasoning but pretty much like the build and everything the one thing we did change after two or three services is the build of where we put we did the onion blanket with the yeah the cheese yep we okay. didn't start that way that that became out of like a uh, efficiency efficiency on the griddle line cooking going like boom 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 yeah um, so it's very small tweaks but we pretty much ended up really close to where we started and that's still the thing i i'm yeah. so excited this reminds me of um like saint uh, vito's focaccia saint vito's focaccia yeah, michael, yeah. michael yeah right and i just i think about the pandemic and people all over the world are still dealing. This is a tough situation for a lot of people. A lot of people are still not okay. But I said when the first when the, the first episode I did on March 12th, man, I was a restaurant guy. Now I've got a studio. You go through this pandemic, and I, I didn't know the first thing about recording. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the recording industry. I still don't. But I've done 240 interviews with people, and I feel like I'm getting the hang of it a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting how pandemic and what you can do during that time when you have time that you guys didn't know anything about the restaurant business but you just did it you just said we're not going to make excuses let's find we were both passionate about this let's try it and now here you are i I don't know I i think it's inspiring it's inspiring to anybody out there who has an idea who has a dream and says i kind of want to do this like that's how you do it guys you just fucking do it yeah. Get out there and start trying, start doing it. When did you do your first service? How did that come about? When did you guys get to the point where you go, okay, let's do this for a bunch of people? Where did you go? Where was your first service? Our ver- the very first thing we did after we found the burger, we were like, this is it, dude. We need to do, we need to test run this, this thing. So we did, this was still like COVID was still pretty things were still pretty covidy at the time so <laughs> is that a term covidy covidy yeah pretty, the world pretty, was pretty, pretty covidy everybody was locked in their houses still it's very COVID-y. so i found some app that would allow you to basically it was like a calendar where you could send a link to people and they could sign up for 15 minute time blocks and we like did calendy it was calendy it was it. okay yeah calendly Calendly. Calendly. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. All right. So we did that. I made a, a Calendly account, and we we made a list of people that we wanted to invite to this thing, like just friends, yeah, friends 50, family. Yeah, probably 50, 50 people. 80, yeah. And we sent um, sent this link out to people, and they could sign up in 15-minute time blocks, and it was like swing in, get your food, get out. How so many we, burgers do you want, and what time do you want them? 
Are yeah. you charging people for these? This is just like no. just making them for free. Because we, we just we needed style. to practice making a a ton of cheeseburgers. Do you have financing at this point? No. Oh no no no. no. This no, is just, just the two of us. Yeah, two money. Bootstrap. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to the store and just swiping swiping our credit cards and like we, Kroger. Like yeah. we hadn't even like gotten like Restaurant Depot account or anything like that. Okay. Yet. Yep. So we just knew that if we wanted to try to do it for real, we needed to practice with people we trusted. So we just made made that list, sent it out, fifteen minute time blocks, and we put we made a Venmo account. It was like if you want to throw us a tip or whatever, and that's what we did. And we we, we made eighty cheeseburgers, eighty that burgers day. that day, which was you know when have we ever when would we have ever made anything close to that the amount most of cheeseburgers I'd, before I'd ever made before that was twelve burgers. Yeah. What did you guys learn about each other during that day? Because you guys were friends, kind of. Hey, my wife, now we're doing this thing together. But nothing, it's almost like if you're in a band, right? Like, you, we can practice, we can do all this stuff. But until you get on stage. You got to do it, yeah. You got to know the chemistry, right? Yeah, so yeah. the first time you make 80 burgers in one setting, were you like, speed up, man, hurry up. Or, hey, the, I'm left-handed and you're right-handed and I need to be on this side. And you need to be, did you learn anything like that? I think we, yeah, I mean, of course, but. I think we had a pretty good idea. Like I spent a lot of time kind of laying out the the land and trying to figure out what the flow would be. Yeah, we and I think we got like pretty close flow of of the quote unquote kitchen before even that service. But like I had like sketches on a piece of paper and was like, I think you you know if you're here and this is here and this is here, I think that the timing will work. And like on the griddle, this is kind of the the the, the flow of everything, and then dressing buns and this is kind of the flow and i think if we do it like this we'll all kind of end up in the same place at the same time and that's pretty much how it worked out yeah probably uh, just learned a few like that original setup worked but we could do it better if we like originally we had one table where all the transactions and the burgers were being built and then we realized like oh, oh. there should be another table where you're building you know, prepping the burgers and then doing the transactions on the Do your wives table. come out and do transactions or anything? Do you have any no. other employees? Is it just you two? Just, just the two, two of us from the very beginning. And um, it's still, yeah, still is just I think I think we probably learned, maybe not from that day, but for sure that day in the first month or so of doing services is like learning each other's like how to work with each other in stressful, you know, shit. Because like, we both handle stress in a in a completely different way, and you got to learn how to like uh, bring yourself to that person's level, like you know, and understand the way they deal with stress, and and, um, and work, you know, and in high tense environment sometimes, you know, like yeah, dance around each other and like because you can. I mean, we're very much on display too, like we talked before, like especially in the tent. You're on display, like 360 degrees. People can walk around and see what you're doing. So, one, you need to make sure that you're doing everything correct and up to standards and clean and that. Yeah, I do with raw beef. But also, like, the way we interact with each other has to be the vibe that we want everyone to react to each other. You know, like, we want the club, you know? Yeah. So, we can't be, be like, bitching and yelling at each other in front of people. I said, I need three doubles. Right. Damn it. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, it would totally kill the vibe. Total vibe killer. <laughs> so, yeah, little little tweaks. I mean, we're still making little tweaks. But for the most part, oh, yeah. for the most part, the flow was the flow, and that's what it's been. It worked pretty well off the bat. And then our, our first public service was May 1st. 
what year? 2021? Like, yeah. Yeah. May 1st. That might have been like a month after. Like yeah. Pro- yeah. Maybe thing. three or four weeks after that. Uh, Where was it? It was at 4010 Barbershop in Green Hills. They've okay. got a little. I, I know the guy that owns the Where shop. Where is that? Um, it's on Hillsboro um, Pike, like on the if you're leaving town, it's on the left side of the road. Like I can't. There's a Papa John's in that parking lot. Yeah, it's kind of tucked back um, on the back side of a building. Yeah. Okay, and there's a they've got a concrete patio out there that was like perfect for a ten by ten tent perfect and uh we were like yo can we come set up and sell cheeseburgers on your patio and they were like okay sure it was like one of the only people we knew that owned a a brick and mortar business in town somewhere that we could go do it we didn't have any friends in like the brewery bar industry yet you know so which is what we do mostly now so we were just like where can we go in public and you know quote unquote legally sell cheeseburgers you know so it was there i made you sell that day Dude, somewhere around the 80 mark. Yeah, I think like yeah. at that point we were confident we knew we could do 80. So and that did. probably those same people plus a few extra would come back. So like 80 was our it's number. It's like that 17 people you play in front of. We play, but it was 80 this time. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, hey, maybe this time we do 110. And then maybe they tell some people and now I got a line. Yep. But so we also did like that's that May 1st, the very next day we did a service. It's crazy that our first public service we decided let's do two back to back because we did one the very next day at shops at porter east yep you're right and um, we did 80 that day and sold out really and fast. sold out super fast and they were like you should have brought 200 burgers and we we're like we don't know what we're doing <laughs> you know <laughs> matt from ranger stitch is who like i don't even know how he like knew about us or anything he just like Matt from Ranger Stitch used to be in the restaurant industry, and now he does, like, chain stitching embroidery. Nice. Um, And somehow he reached out to us. He saw, like, the one thing we did do at at the friends and family free service thing, we had started an Instagram account. We had branding already. And we just were like, hey, come eat free cheeseburgers, but post about it. So – the thing I always like to say is we got a bunch of really cool friends, you know, like tattooed, cool, beautiful looking people, you know, um, and they got a lot of followers on the Internet. So, like, if, you know, 50, 60 of those people are posting all about this thing, then immediately you're going to start getting a following of other people being like, I got to figure out what all these cool people are doing, you know. And so, like, I guess that's how Matt found out about us. I don't know. But, Matt, yeah. that's how we got our second service. Um, and from that day on, like, we pretty much have never had to ask to show up anywhere after our very first weekend. Like, wow. people just started reaching out to us saying, hey, can you come here? Can you come here? Like, our whole first year was just us saying, yes. Like, yeah, we'll we'll come we'll anywhere. And I didn't really have to, like, ask people. And our whole first year was just weekends full, like, Friday through Sunday. How many burgers did you sell in year one? Do you have like a, like what were your annual sales for the first year? We've tried to figure it out because we started off just doing Venmo. So there was no, there's no like reporting, you know, it was just like dollar amounts just kind of dumped in and people would just add a couple bucks for a tip or whatever. And it was like, thanks. There was no rhyme or reason, you know, it just kind of was. And then we were like, okay, this is happening. We got to get serious. So we, you know, we switched over to, to a POS. Um, What'd you use? We use Square. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like it, but I also don't have any experience with anything else. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's what we use. I can run reports and get all all Here's my info. All the analytics we could ever need, pretty much. Sure. So we can track from, like, so September on or something when we started using that. But the first, like, six months, we don't have any analytics. We don't know. We can, just get an a- we can just kind of speculate an average, but I don't know. I don't even know. We tried to talk about it yesterday, but we were, like, working so we couldn't actually sit down and do it and i was like i wonder how many we've done up to this point i was like well we can only actually run a report from september and everything else we just have to find an average if i had to make a real educated guess i would say somewhere like year to date from first service today is like somewhere around twenty thousand cheeseburgers um and how much is a cheeseburger eight bucks she did a hundred thousand i mean close to a hundred thousand dollars in sales yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a lot of actually. A lot of hamburgers. First year was was about that. Wow, with, you know, with uh, yeah. drinks and chips the, and all that. Yeah, we were in the nineties. That's incredible, Which cool. guys. Which, like, you know, you kind of asked about it in the beginning about funding. Like, the very first weekend, that free thing, Cody and I paid for whatever. You know, half it, and we got enough tips from those free cheeseburgers to pay off all that meat, to pay off all that food. It's good. Um, and then, you know, we probably paid for the first weekend of services together. But then after we made that money back and then had money in the bank account, you know, like we haven't personally invested any money in this other than a few hundred dollars in the very beginning. Like I bought a griddle, he bought a griddle. Like, and the truck we have was – like we paid for that cash flow because of all the money that we made under the tent last year. You yeah, know? No, like, that's great. It's crazy. This whole thing has been a cash flow positive business, like zero debt since week and, one, and yeah. no investment. Like, and what's crazy? And you own a hundred percent of it as a result of that. That's right. amazing. That's exactly where you want to be. And what's really cool and like, um, I don't know, makes you feel. Uh, I don't know, justified or whatever. Like um, we've had multiple people talk to us about like investment. Like we've had like a couple pretty serious conversations, you know, all the way from some dude wanting to give you like five grand to like some millionaires talking to us. And like, that's crazy. It's crazy that there's like people that just, just two dudes started selling cheeseburgers in the parking lot. And there are people in the natural restaurant industry that like, take us seriously in what we're doing that want to like invest money. And it's not something we're looking to do right now. Like we're hoping to keep the bootstrap thing going. I think you should. How to, how to make this dream soar by ourselves. You know, I think what you've done is is you've displayed (laughs) the, the hustle. I think that it takes to make it happen. Sure. You know, I think that, so many people have ideas and they go, oh, we could do this. And it starts off the way that you guys do. But after a month, they go, I'm tired of the podcast. There's 800 million podcasts out there. But like the average number of podcasts that actually get made is like seven. Right. Like if you get to 50 podcasts, you're in the 1% of podcasts. Yeah. It's Look like you go. People, people are like, you know, hey, I want to do a podcast. It's like, yeah, of course, go for it. And then it's like, oh, shit, I got to do this every week. Yeah. Like I got to constantly identify an interesting person and then contact them and then schedule them and then get them on a platform and then research them and have a like and then edit uh, it that's a yeah yeah, they gotta edit it produce it and then i gotta distribute it and it's like it's a ton of work 
God, that's a lot of work for an episode. And it's yeah. like when you're already managing two restaurants. Yeah. Oh, that, that, for me, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, people go, "How do you have the time?" And I go, "I don't." But it's like at midnight on Tuesday when I'm sitting in this studio and I'm putting together all this stuff. It's like that's that's what it takes. I think for you guys, yeah. you do this thing for a year and you keep doing it regularly. That's when that's when investors go, "Oh, hey, these guys are legit and they have something that." And that's when they go, oh, we want to be a part of this. Yeah. Because yeah. they've seen that you can sustain it over over an extended period of time. I love that. What's what's next? You got a food truck. Do you want to do a brick and mortar? Do you want to do like 50? Like what's your... Yeah, I think uh, I think we do. Uh, our, our lack of experience in this industry means that there's obviously a lot to learn. Yeah. And we don't want to get in too far, too fast where we make mistakes. I think up to this point, we've been learning as we go, and we are. We are. We're learning so much. And what I tend to focus on is what's the next right move. For us, the next right move was the truck. So now we are in the truck. So now it's like, let's figure that out. Let's, you know, get our. Let's do it. Let's save a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. Let's see, like, what cash flow is like in the truck. Cause they're like, there's new expenses with the truck. And that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of new stuff to figure out with the truck business wise. Um, so it's like let's get settled and then let's let's decide what the next right move is and focus on that. Like let's set that goal and work towards it, just like we did with the truck. Do you guys have are you more of like the business manager and you're more do you guys have like individual roles now? Have you kind of come into your own like, hey, look, I really like numbers. You really like production. Why don't you go buy the food and I'll make sure all this like do you guys have those sort of things yet? Not really. We both pretty much are involved in every aspect. Some people are, you know, gravitate towards other. I, I get, I like to make calculators and graphs and stuff. Not really graphs, but you know, I'll I have formulas a, on yeah, Excel spread, stuff. spreadsheets. Yeah. I have a food yeah. cost calculator. I just, I go, I go through the receipt and go, and I see what like our current food cost is. Stuff like that. I like stuff like that. Yeah. And when it comes to like installing something in the truck, that's Andy's gig, and I'll, I'll be there to help him muscle something. But he's like, Here, you got it, Andy. here's the plan for this. <laughs> I'll help him lift, and I'll I'll set screws or whatever. But he's like, yo, this is this is the plan for this. And I'm like, cool, I'm here to help you. Um, so, yeah, we we have roles like that. But, like, we we pretty much both do all the shopping and uh, and prep and, and everything, and then obviously serving. Sole source of yeah. income for both of you now? It yeah. is, yeah. What What's crazy that we failed to mention, like, the whole first year, all of last year, calendar year, like Cody was a full-time, had a full-time job and the burger club. And like when I left my job, I was doing about two or three different hustles, you know, like different things to make money. So like our time was spread very thin last year. And you're married, you got you're wives, right. you got family, yeah. you, got, you got to do. It was wild. I mean, I was I worked seven days a week for many, 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 many months. Uh, but I guarantee you're an entrepreneur. You probably still work seven days a week, (laughs) right? Like there's no, there's no just a little bit different days off. I mean, there's not a day I don't think about business. I was a operations manager at a merchandising company. So I was, I was overseeing uh, production and operations there and I stepped down from that role in February. So yeah, this is full, this is full time for me. But you're still playing music. Still playing music. Yeah. You said you're going to go on tour in Germany. You're going to Germany. I have a festival I'm playing in Germany in September. Nice. But I'll, so I'll be out there. Um, and who are you, who are you playing the festival with? Is it a, a band? band? Yeah. A band called project 86 project 86. Yeah. Just kind of a 
heavier kind of rock band uh, that I've played with pretty much since my band stopped touring. That was my next gig. I played with that band for a few years and now I just kind of do one-offs with them sometimes. So yeah, music for me is uh, more of a hobby now than it ever has been, which is cool because it was like all consuming. It was my life. It was my income. It was my Do you guys ever play music together? We've never no. played music together. We talked about making wow. a Bad Luck Burger Club uh, album. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I want to make an album and put it out on a record label and be the first food truck to ever have a record out on a record label. I think. I, mean, I think it would be badass yeah. if you guys did. Hey, look, we're gonna sling burgers for the next two and a half hours, and then we're gonna play a show. <laughs> So like we're gonna literally <laughs> bad, go bad. from we're gonna cook these burgers and then we're gonna take the aprons off and we're gonna play five songs that are original songs that we wrote while we were doing this. So it's kind of like dinner and a show. Like we <laughs> have the very, full we have a full date night now it'd coming be on at you. Brand. Very sweaty and greasy. Yeah, it'd be gross. We'd be slipping. In. People, oh, I think people cool. would have fun with that. It'd be kind of. Cool. I don't. I don't know. Would, listen to me over here. I'm it like, would just be another passive revenue yeah. stream. I mean, like the- that's the thing that we're always working on is like passive you know, revenue, like Cody used to run a couple different merch lines, clothing lines. He could talk about it more than me, but like we have a pretty successful clothing brand, like tied to all this, like really? our branding was w- w- people was were really like good, right in the very beginning was like, yo, I need a t-shirt. Um, and that's the one thing we like made very important in the very beginning. I mean, like our first service ever we had a tent, a branded tent and a branded like, you know, table cover and T-shirts. Like what well, makes you look official. Yeah. Right. It definitely. Gives it builds them. trust. It, it does. Somebody who's on the fence is like, oh, they this looks legit or whatever. Yeah. That okay. was that was my thing with the podcast. I was like, I got to have a logo. I got to do all the right stuff. And then I didn't plan on doing the podcast until the day that everything shut down and i was like well i have all this shit yeah. i'm just gonna start just do it. doing it well, it's like yeah. having a good it's like a business having a good website it builds trust with a potential customer you know so but with know, that with that being said we like got a bunch of we got shirts and stickers and all that stuff and like it's a thing where like when we're we're not selling cheeseburgers today but probably sometime today somebody's buying a t-shirt on our website like we we sell a decent amount of t-shirts that like that's a that's you know if we can figure out more and more ways to like supplement income on the days that we're not serving food, um, it's going to just you know help. All of that's going to snowball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after after five years, you're going to be like, ah, we have seventy five employees, and now we just show up at the restaurants and we yeah. sign autographs. And it's like, yeah, he's <laughs> like, we've <laughs> well, can we that's, can we get there tomorrow? Fast forward that. Can we do that? Yeah, sign an autograph. So that'll be uh, that'll be a funny day if that ever happens. I hope that day never comes. Why? I, I, signed, I don't know. I would I would think that was silly. I signed an autograph for plea at our burger pop up. Right. Well, that counts. That. You've done okay. it. But like, when uh, you guys know his shows, do you ever have to like? Do you ever sign autographs for people? Yeah, that, like that, that was a thing. Yeah. I always felt weird about that too. Like, why do you want my? Why do you want me to scribble my name on this piece of paper? Like, who am I to you? The, I'm just the bass like, player. I saw you playing bass up yeah, there. I, I saw I, you. I need your name written. I need on the you paper. write your name on a piece of yeah, paper. I'm going to frame it. I don't know. I thought it was weird. For I, anybody I listening, it. I'll sign anything you got. 
I like to claim that I'm a celebrity chef, but I really am not, and I only know how to make a cheeseburger. Well, I had Pat Martin in here a few weeks ago, and I asked yeah. him that same question. It's like, you're going on a book tour, and you're signing books. Like, was it weird for you, being a guy from Nolansville who just, like makes barbecue, to go around and sign all these autographs? He's like, it's fucking crazy. He's like, it's, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> like, I'm... It's a weird thing. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if there's some side of me that's like, I want to sign on. I want to be famous, but at the same time, like, I kind of don't. Yeah. But I don't know if there, there, there's a, there is a weird side of me that I'm like, I want, I want that. I want to sign on. I mean, I the, like, I, lo- I loved that Pat Martin interview, by the way. Thank you. Um, I love Pat. Like, I don't personally know him, but like the, the humble vibe that that dude puts out, like, I have this weird dichotomy where like I want I want people to see me that way. I want people to feel welcome and in, included and in, like I hope that I put out a, a vibe of love and compassion. That's more important than anything else in the world. But I also like super get off on being like this weird, like, you know, cocky, funny. I hope everybody sees the like duality and just the irony in it all. Cause like I can be like pretty cocky, but I think it's all funny. Uh, yes, I know exactly. But you know what? That's a, you can go back in your own brain about that a million times. You just got to go f it. I don't care. Cody knows that's the just real. Who Cody I am. knows that's how it really it. comes out. I don't know, he could he could tell you what it's really like. What's really, what's I don't really deal really with it Andy. all the time. I know the real Andy. He's a sweet boy. There's a darkness in there. He's a sweet boy. There's a darkness deep in. There's a darkness don't, inside. Don't we all have a darkness? <laughs> we do. We don't do. We all, all have, have that. It's, it's really just a matter of how well we all hide our darkness in front of other people. Or how much you're willing to confront your darkness and bring it to light in a healthy way. Yeah, Maybe. I did a whole episode where I talked <laughs> yeah. about all my darkness. It's fucking <laughs> scary as shit. It might be hi- the hiding of the darkness that's so, that's so uh, detrimental to your... Cody's trying to like uh, break into me right now. <laughs> Do I need to leave? You guys just want to do this? No, I I tell you what that I love I love this dude. I love Andy so much, and it's been so fun to get to know him and go from like acquaintance. Like I'm I I feel a little nervous about going to your house for dinner to like that's it's my brother, you know. Like that's this is my dude. We've built this business from the ground up, and like man, there's nothing like doing something like that to throw you in. Yeah, it's it's and figure it out. You it's know, cool. I. We see and talk to each other daily, and it's crazy. Like we've like just best grown friends. a relationship out of out of this thing. Um, it's beautiful. It really is. It's very very cool. Well, I tell you what, I didn't know all. I don't know if anybody knows all this stuff, but I'm excited to be somebody that gets to have this conversation with you guys, just to kind of tell your story. I feel like I've really understand where you guys came from, and I love that. And I want I want to know more, and I want I want I. I excited to see your success i'm doing something i'm going to invite you guys to this thing i'm building a pit at my house not like a pit of despair yeah you're, <laughs> but gonna, like, you're gonna do a whole hog with pat oh, uh, in his book life of fire he yeah. outlines how to do a west tennessee whole hog and i already bought i got the grate. it's four by six feet I've got, I'm going, I'm picking up the angle irons and I got 95 cinder blocks on the way to my house. I've got the feeder fire, but I'm going to do a whole hog and and hopefully he's able to come help me. But you guys got to come be a fun thing at at the house to cook the, I don't know if you guys know anything about barbecue. 
you guys aren't chefs per se. I don't know how to do it, but that's one of my things that I want to learn. I just want to learn how to manage the fire and what kind of coals you need and to do it the right way. Yeah. And then it, I love Pat says that it's the, the destination like is, is great, but like the adventure is getting there. Sure. And the adventure is not, you know, just eating the, the barbecue when you're done. Like the adventure is the whole process. And right. I'm like, I want to bring fun people with me to my house. And I want to have like a full day where we're all just like learning and, enjoying just hanging out together. We're going to do that in October. That sounds Let's awesome. It's a little too hot to do it right now. Yeah, I was about to say, but in October the cooler weather, it sounds great. would be fantastic. I'd keep a fire going for 24 hours. and I'll oh, try yeah. to read the book between now and then, so that way I, I have a little knowledge. So if you're out there and you're thinking about reading the book, like you just said, maybe we'll make that our September book club book, and then in, maybe we'll do a contest around it, and then we'll have those people. We'll get like... You guys, some other people that are like our celebrity people that are going to be there. And we'll have people from the book club. Signing grats. We did it. Signing grats. There we yeah. go. All right. A couple questions for you both just to get to know you. Fun stuff. I love to know what your favorite app is on a phone. I don't know. It's a new question I thought about the other day on a hike. Technology is amazing. There's an app called Poor Cost. P-O-U-R-C-O-S-T. And it will go through and it, it tell what size is the bottle, how much is the ounces you're pouring, how much did it cost. It will tell you what percentage. You, it's an amazing app, and I love it. Somebody told me about it, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is great. What is an app that you, it doesn't have to be restaurant-related, anything. What's the app on your phone you use the most? Man, I am going to be completely transparent, and I feel bad about saying it out loud. Do it. But it, it is definitely, for me, Instagram. Like, and the reasoning is that's like our business. Like our, we are not on Yelp. We're not on Google. We're nowhere to be found except for a website and Instagram. And we built a following in one year. We have 12,000 plus followers. Wow. And that's like where we do, that's where we post our schedule. That's where we do all of our interacting digitally with customers and, and me marketing and advertising <laughs> you like and it and it works. I mean, it, I'm trying to branch out and and also to be said, like I'm the dude that I'm very into like social media and all that. So I'm the kind of the dude that runs all of that for our company. But um, we wouldn't have the success and we wouldn't be where we are right now without Instagram. So I am on there all the time. Um, and I mean, it's sad to say, but I probably got so many screen hours on my phone a day just from. And it's not because I'm going through liking people's pictures. I very I do very little consuming on there. It's it's just putting stuff out and then like yeah, it's how we market our business. And I I have the idea that you can't you you need to reply to every single message and every single comment. Like so, I spend quite a bit of time and hours just replying to people. I don't feel that way. That's an Andy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, you, he, I th- he I takes that upon to, himself. The right thing to do. That's why you have twelve thousand followers because people see that you care. It's important. Yeah. yeah, Cody. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm I have I'm somebody cool that replies to every single review on every single site that is out there. We reply to every single one. That's awesome. I yeah. love bad that. ones, good ones. At five star reviews, my favorites. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Two, three stars. Let me know what it is. I mean, I genuinely want to know what I can do, but I can't reply to all of them. I mean, we sure. get, there's, there's hundreds of them, but like we make sure that if you took time to go and make a review, reply to every single one of them. Everyone. Yeah. It's a yeah. thing. You guys See, are right. I'm wrong. 
You're wrong, Code. I love being right. <laughs> it is <laughs> a good thing. It is fun and hard to reply to the negative stuff. Because, like, we got to ride the line of being hospitable, but also, like, be the true us and be kind of, like, funny about our reply, you know? Like, if it's some, like, dumb thing, like, one time a guy got really mad that we put pickles on our grilled cheese, but it's very obvious on our menu that there are pickles on our grilled cheese. Now you got to do is say no pickles. Aren't people wacky? You know? Just yeah. wacky? So it's just like, you <laughs> know, you, you want to reply back, like, being like, yo, it's in the it's in the description, read, you know, but also you want to be like, hey, sorry you didn't enjoy your experience. You My know? favorite are the ones where, like, people just troll the shit out of one-star reviews, like, Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you for joining us for our pop-up and the one star review as wow. I mean, that's, that's just such a nice thing that you were upset that we put pickles on our grilled cheese sandwich when the menu clearly states that there are pickles and we're happy to not put the pickles on there, but you did not read. Maybe you're illiterate. And that's not something that you can do. But apparently you type this out. I don't know. But the people that just completely troll the person yeah. and they're like, it's my favorite. I want to have you, if you guys have a good one star review, we need to read those. I'll have you guys read one here in a minute. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't, I'd have to find something. Yeah, we'd have to just go through we'll our find it. Instagram we'll find messages. It'll be good. Yeah. What is your favorite movie? Do you guys have a favorite movie of oh, all time? Oh, yeah. I think my favorite so movie, I think my favorite movie of all time is Jaws. Ooh. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, we are going to need a bigger boat. I will not let my children watch that movie. They're seven and eight, and they want to watch Jaws so bad. And I'm like, we're, go we're going to Florida idea. in two weeks. Oh, yeah, they won't go in the water. It'll ruin your vacation. Uh, th so that's kind of my thought. And like, but dad, we want to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, it's my job as a parent to tell you no. Yeah. Because I want you to enjoy They'll the water. They'll forget about it. They'll forget about it. No, they have. Okay, they have cool. now. But they're going to they're gonna want to watch it one day. But why is that your favorite movie? Man, so many reasons. I, I get really into like practical effects. I really like practical effects and I really like that practical effects and movies have kind of made a comeback and they're starting to use like animatronics again and stuff in movies. And, um, and that's all they had back then. So it's kind of come full circle and there's this documentary, there's this documentary that, uh, accompanies the movie. If you've ever seen the documentary where it's all about, I mean, how they built the shark and like how it never worked and, <laughs> I haven't it's, seen it. Oh man, it's I've been to Universal Studios in LA and I've it's fascinating. Jaws has come out of the water at me and all that stuff. But yeah, I've just it's, never it's fascinating. They had so many problems with that shark that they had to like they kinda had to change how the movie worked because they couldn't like get it to work right. And they were like, That's why you don't see the shark till like the the, the last third of the movie. Because they were like, We couldn't get it to work. So we just had to elude that it was there. Yeah. And it's like that actually worked in your benefits. That's terrifying. But <laughs> Um, yeah, they couldn't get that thing to work. So it's just like not present <laughs> in the movie. That's hilarious. I yeah. did not know that. Yep. It's just not there. It's just, you just know that it's there and it is almost scarier. Do you like scary movies? Is I scary do. movies your thing? Yeah, I like horror. I never been able to do it. That's okay. It's not for everybody. I like psychological thrillers. Yeah. My favorite movie is uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's great. It's like that movie, like where you just, you the movie ends. You're like, I'm gonna go take a shower. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, you, I don't even. I want to watch get that, with that off kids. of me. No, <laughs> not yet. I will one day though, because yeah. that movie's not necessarily scary as much as it's just like 
I don't know, I've always said there's that scene. Have you guys both seen the movie? Sure. Where she like is they're hitting the buzzer on the houses and they they they're all going into this dude's house. They think that they're at Buffalo Bill's house yeah. and she thinks she's at the neighbor's house. And it's like this simultaneous thing where they show her pushing the button and there's like the electric zzz, and the buzzer rings and you're like waiting for them to go in and get the guy. And then, then they go into the house and there's like nobody there. And then she opens the door and Buffalo Bill's like, oh, hello. And you're like, <laughs> oh, shit. She's, yeah. And like, and I'm getting chills thinking about that moment. Then he turns the power off and like, there's no greater moment in yeah. a movie than like that realization watching that for the first time going, oh, whoa. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about that for me. It's what, great. It's a great movie. Andy, what about you? Do you have a favorite? Uh, dude, yeah, probably Goodwill Hunting. Oh, I'm kind of, another I'm kind of lame, but like that is not lame at all. I'm, I'm like an existential ball. Like, there's I, I could talk about like crazy, in depth emotional bullshit like forever. Um, so that movie's like it speaks to me pretty heavily. It's good. That movie spoke to me uh, when they're sitting on the park bench, and he says, "I figured you out. You've never left Southie because you can." tell me any fifth century modern da, 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 because you've read it in a book but you can't tell me what it smells like in the sistine chapel right yeah he's like you've never experienced anything you're a coward you've yeah. just read about it you've never gone and sucked the marrow out of life and i went i i'm that was like like a light bulb for me in my life and i went i want to go to the sistine chapel never been yet but I went to the Palace of Versailles, and I remember being there going, it's musty in here. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. what it smells like in the Palace of Versailles and outside of Paris. And you're like, but that movie was that for me. Like, I was like, I'm going to travel as much as I possibly can. I want to see as many things with my own eyeballs. And you have a tattoo of the Eiffel Tower, it looks like to me. I do, yeah. That's because I grew up in Paris, Tennessee. So it's like symbolism to that. Okay. Yeah. Is there an Eiffel Tower in Paris? Here there is, yeah. There's like a, I can't remember the entire story, but like some college, uh, like engineering class made one, like a replica, you know, pretty bad. It's saying it might be like 100 feet tall or something. Um, and they uh, then like brought it, they donated it to Paris and, and uh, built it on site and stuff. What is it? Is you have let's let's talk about this tattoo. Uh, it's a it's an Eiffel Tower. Then it says everybody. Everybody made my prediction. The Eiffel Tower is getting bombed and like it's falling apart. It's basically like a story of like um. So it's there's a, a deeper, whole thing going thing, on here. Okay, but Paris is in Henry County. Henry County in the year I graduated high school was had the highest meth uh methamphetamine rate in the whole county in the whole country. Sorry, the whole state. Okay. Um, and um, there's just a lot of, to anybody that might be listening to this in Paris, I'm not talking shit about you, but, like, there's a lot of, like, born there, die there, um, stay there, be complacent, and that's not what I wanted for my life. Uh, I come from a background of, like, drugs and alcohol and addiction and stuff like that. Um, so I knew very quickly, like, when I graduate high school, I'm getting out of here, um, that everybody made my prediction um, there's a, a really, really big song by Hank Williams Jr. called Family Tradition. I've heard, You know yeah. that one? Yeah. It's like a big party song. Like, you go uh -huh. to any bar on Broadway, everybody's going to be singing it. But if you, like, really, um, 
dissect the lyrics, it's pretty sad. It's, you know, basically this dude's dad was a drug addict alcoholic and everybody told him he was going to be that. And he was that. And I wasn't going to become my dad. So this whole thing is like, get out of Paris. Don't be my dad. Go be something. So I look at it daily. You know, a lot of tattoos, you just kind of get tattoos and they don't really mean a lot. But like, that's one that like reminds me like, you know, and I'm, I'm still a guy. I like, I drink alcohol, might smoke weed now and again, stuff like that. Like, but I have a very like clear view of what is too much for me. And this is a thing that reminds me that like, don't, don't ever cross that threshold. You know what I mean? Wow. That's a great story. Thanks. And now Cody, you get to, you have a bunch of tattoos also. Do you have anything that like, no, any good stories that's <laughs> he going on here? He just looks cool, dude. You, you he look does pretty look cool. cool. No, I don't have any good stories like that. Well, what's the one, what's the one your right arm right there on like the front of your front? What is that? This? Or, or that oh, this like one? A, this is a wolf. That a wolf head, and it says full moon fever. I got that when Tom Petty died. Okay, I was like, that sounds like a Tom Petty album. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, Tom Petty album. I also a get fantastic um, album. My wife says that when there's a full moon, she can tell because I act different. Hmm. She says I get real fidgety and weird. I don't know. I think Andy's seen it. Yes, yeah, she told me about it, and now I'm taking notice. And the last time it happened, it was so. It is a Tom there Petty was a heavy day that day. And uh, there's all, it's also just a funny, yeah. funny reference to me having full moon fever that people say I have, but I don't know if they're just being weird and or not. I have well, a theory that you have all the full moons scheduled in your calendar, and when you wake up in the morning and you know it's a full moon, you purposely like, act. Ooh, a I get different. to act up today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your one day that you oh, get to be like crazy. I get, I get to be crazy today, and nobody can say anything about it. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking! I, I wish I had that. Like just a day, I'm like, well, I, oh, it's my wife day. does that once a month. It's crazy. <laughs> it's contagious. You can get his uh, full moon fever, dude. Yeah, you can. You can get it from me. No, I want. I want to play like the newlywed game with you guys, and Let's be go. like, well, I, I've now we're like at the end here. But if I was to ask you, Andy, what's Cody's favorite like all time band? Do you know who who that is? I mean, I, I'm asking you the same question, and Cody about Andy. So I feel like I just it I got a leg up because he just showed his Tom Petty tattoo. But it is Tom Petty, right? I, yeah, I think Petty's probably my he loves Tom Petty. Uh, we we did you get to see Tom? Did you ever meet Tom Petty? I never met him, but I did see him at Bridgestone on that last tour. I saw him at um, Starwood. Oh, cool! Back in the That's day, right. Starwood Amphitheater Wildflowers tour. Oh God. That's awesome. My favorite song. How I, I wish think of all time, Wildflowers. Yeah, we listen to a lot of like punk and hardcore and stuff and rock and roll, like in the truck. And sometimes when I can sense a vibe, where I'm like, Cody needs the petty today, and I'll pl- I'll play some petty every once. And he in a just while. perks right up. Oh yeah, like it's a full you, moon. You can. And I it. appreciate that about him that he can read me like that. Yeah. Well, what's his favorite, Cody? <sighs> Man, Andy likes a lot of a lot of music that I've never heard. Would he know who your favorite all-time band is? Should Man, he know? Should he know? I don't know. Probably not. We don't. We don't really listen to them. Yes, I don't. I don't know that I would know. Yeah, probably. Well, not. who is it? And it, 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 it probably is it two thirty-eight. No, but God, I love two thirty-eight. I know. I love two thirty-eight too. That's why I picked that one because we have that one in common. What's funny is I, 
I name it and claim it, even though it might not seriously be true right now. But Nirvana for me was like been the all time favorite because when I was like 12, 13 years old, that was the band that made me realize like, holy shit, I want to play music and you don't have to look a certain way or be a certain way or even have a certain talent level. Like you can do it, you know? And, and so that, Hearing Nevermind, that's where I got in with Nirvana. Um, hearing Nevermind for the first time changed my trajectory in life to be like, that's all I wanted to do is play music. And the only reason I'm sitting here with you and you is because I played music for, a, you know, over a decade and all the experiences that led me to here. So, But your Nirvana. favorite Nirvana album is going to be the Unplugged. Dude, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Unplugged Nirvana record Look is... Look at that. Uh, very like very good. It doesn't even have like a ton of Nirvana songs on it. It's like mostly covers. Yeah, um, it's amazing. I I listened to In Utero the other day. I yeah, was I washing love it. my car and I listened to In Utero. I do you know Nirvana was only a band for three and a half years? Did you know that? That's yeah. crazy. The yeah. whole whole Nirvana phenomenon three and a half years. And Dave Grohl in his book, I mean he's he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Yeah, you know, he's one of those like the five people like John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and and like Dave Grohl. That's insane. Uh, I mean, they've been a band. Foo Fighters been a band for twenty five years, and I saw the Foo Fighters on their very first. It was like their fourth show they ever did. Um, it was with Mike Watt, who had an album called Ball Hogger Tugboat, and he did a show at three twenty eight Performance Hall. Yeah, if you guys aren't from Nashville, three twenty eight was a I don't know, 500 people fit in there. It's a mm. tiny little yeah, venue yeah. off of 4th Avenue. I think Martin's Barbecue is now where it was. Um, yeah, it's and right the corner. it was Mike Watt, Foo Fighters, and Hovercraft. Okay. And Foo Fighters, their very first brand new tour, and I skipped school that day, and I parked behind 320. The rumor was, I heard this on KDF, KDF used to be a rock station, that... Mike Watt, Eddie Vedder sang a song on that album called The Kids of Today Should Defend Themselves Against the 70s. And then the Foo Fighters were playing Dave Grohl's band with Pat Smear of Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And then the lead singer of Hovercraft apparently was Eddie Vedder's wife. And the rumor was Eddie Vedder might be there. And Pearl Jam is my, it's my band. I heard 10 for the first time and I was like, oh my God. Like that was for me, it changed my world. So I skipped school that day and I parked there. Oh, this is the fun story. I'll tell you the whole story. And I'm sitting behind the, I'm sitting there. I have a guitar. I have a Stratocaster. I play guitar. I'm not, not good by any means. I'm 16 years old. And I'm sitting in my Nissan Sentra parked behind 320 at Hall, just playing my guitar. And I was, I just, I got up to start driving away. I was just going to do a lap just to kind of stretch or whatever. And as I pull up a little Toyota Tercel pulls in and Dave Grohl is driving with a woman. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm, I'm freaking out and i pull back park my car and attached to 328 was this was a gay bar called the jungle and a huge parking lot at the jungle and dave and this person parked their car and then a van pulls up right behind 328 and i'm like holy shit like uh, freaking out this is my hero and dave is getting out and i look over at the van and like this dude with like purple hair is like next to the van I'm like not eddie vetter <laughs> and, and then dave Grohl starts walking by and i said Hey, hey, Dave. And he goes, hey, buddy, what's going on? I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Can you sign my guitar? And he goes, I can't right now. I've got sound check, 
but are you going to be here after the show? And I said, uh, yeah, I guess. It was an 18 over show too. And I, I, I said, yeah. And he goes, promise you I'll sign it after the show. And I said, okay. And then I turned around, looked next to the van, and Eddie Vedder is standing next to the van stretching. Lost my shit. Like I'm, <laughs> oh, shit. Literally, it's like seeing John Lennon. It's like I'm, I start shaking. And I walked over to Eddie Vedder, and I said, oh, Eddie? And he's like, oh, hey, hey man, what's up? And I said, I'm, I'm a big fan. My car's right there. Will you please, will you sign my guitar? And he goes, oh, you know, we're not, we're not signing anything this tour, but um, we're giving stuff away. And I said, okay. Like, what are you, you're, you're giving stuff away? And he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out all this change, and there's like a pick, and there's these old gold <laughs> coins. And he goes, here you go. And he reached out his hand with all the shit that was in his pocket. And so I'm like rooting around in Eddie Vedder's hand. And I grabbed this gold arcade token from St. Louis. And he goes, okay. Then he goes, oh. And he reaches in his other pocket and he grabs a pack of wintergreen Tic Tacs and he eats one. He goes, here you go. You can have the rest of these. There's one Tic Tac left in there. And he goes, it's been in my pocket for a few days. And I'm like, is this happening? Like, is this? Of course, I look back on it now, and I'm like, "That's the craziest shit I've ever heard." But like in the moment, I was like, "Eddie Vedder gave me his Tic Tac," you know. Still have the Tic Tac, by the oh, way. Oh, that's so funny. And the gold coin, he goes. This other at this point, another guy had shown up and was like, "Eddie," and he's like, "I don't want to tell you no, man. I don't like saying the word no. Please don't ask me because I don't want to say the word no." And he's like, well, do you have a secret code language that you could write Eddie? And the guy had a Vitology album cover because this is the most current album that was out. Mm. And um, he, so he wrote Eddie in a secret code. He goes, do you still have that gold coin? I said, so then he wrote Ed in a secret code language on the coin, and he gave that to me. So that was a really special moment. Fast forward to after the show, there's a million people there now. Everybody in the world now knows Dave Grohl and Eddie Vedder are there. There's just, I mean, there's thousands of people. They've blocked off the back behind 328. And there's, I mean, there's just, there's just people everywhere. My car, however, is still parked directly behind. So I'm security. I'm like, that's my car. I've got to get me. He's like, okay, go ahead. Dave Grohl walks out after the show. He's got 30 people around him. And they're all like, Dave, Dave. Hey, Dave, say, you're listening to the best. And these little recorders, and he's signing stuff. I mean, it's this pandemonium. And he sees me, and he goes, and it's starting to rain. And he goes, hey, man, where's your car? And I went, it's right over here. And he goes, where's your guitar? I go, it's right here. And he, he goes, excuse me. Oh, 30 people around him. He goes, excuse me. Walks over to my car, sits down in the passenger seat, Grabs the guitar, writes all my best, Dave Grohl on the pit guard of my strat. And he goes, Okay, man, how'd you enjoy the show? And I go, It was amazing. Like that was an amazing show. And he goes, Really thank you for being a fan. Is there anything else I can do for you? And I go, No. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and he go and he's like shook my hand and he went back to this big group of people. But I was like, That's that's, that's what's very up. Cool. what a cool yeah. dude, man. And I, and after reading his book, I was like that he just is living in the moment every day, enjoying what he was doing. Like I get to do this, but that, I think that was like their fourth show as a food. I saw them again at three twenty eight headlining. Then I saw him in Irvine a couple times. I've seen him in Knoxville, but like that was a really crazy, crazy moment way back. And they for that's awesome. Pearl Jam for me. That's a great yeah. story. It but, really is. Like one, it's awesome. Like how present and aware Dave Grohl was of you after the show. That that's. 
in its own right, a great story. And then the thing about Eddie Vedder, like when you're at a certain, such a level that you can just pull whatever shit you got in your pocket. I'm just thinking, it what makes I got my, in my world. pocket that I could just give somebody right <laughs> How now? about, we're not signing anything this tour. That's why I think like, funny. Could you made been, that up. You know, just you made that rule up. up. So I did some research into that. And as he was out, and his wife, Beth, at the time, his wife's name was Beth. I think he's married to Jill Goodiker now. But his wife, Beth, at the time, was the lead singer of Hovercraft. Mm-hmm. And she was there. And he did... After all the stuff, like my car was still there. They were blocked. I helped Mike Watt carrying all his stuff. I'm just back there. I'm a 16-year-old kid, like, hanging out. I'm hanging out with Pat Smear. I drove the bass player to the bank from the Foo Fighters. I mean, all this just random stuff. I'm hanging out, bumming cigarettes with Pat Smear. Me and Eddie are talking just because there's nobody there. And we're talking. He's like, this is my wife, Beth. You know, and now we're just, like, hanging out. He wouldn't take a picture, but he didn't want people to know he was on that tour it was kind of like a this isn't pearl jam he was very humble like in the idea of i saw them in 1993 94 at murphy centered mtsu pearl jam and king's x and the crowd started yeah the crowd started chanting eddie eddie he's like no 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 no." don't make don't don't piss me off like this isn't me that i'm in a band yeah this isn't eddie this is a band and i think he was very much in that headspace of this isn't about me this is much bigger than me sure this is mike watts tour with foo fighters and my wife's band hovercraft i'm just here isn't the eddie vetter tour i'm not here i don't want to sign things i don't want a bunch of pictures this isn't about me yeah yeah that makes sense and i get that but at the same point, there was nobody around. Right. I'm yeah. a 16-year-old. I'm fucking shaking talking to him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like It's like if you get to meet Kurt Cobain or something, you're like, oh, my God. To me, that was just this guy got me through so many yeah. years. I identified with everything they were doing, mm-hmm. and it was such a part of me. that I don't know. But I, I get that after the fact. Like I met him once, and he was he was so nice. He was so cool. Yeah, just a very chill kind of guy. And I was like, oh, I wish I could have. I just want to hang out with him. I guess yeah. that's everybody with their their celebrity oh, people yeah. they want to do. He I was, just want to kick it He was it with so him. cool and friendly and humble and just chill, just an easy hang. Mm. When did you, what did you, how'd you get to hang out with him? All right, guys, we're going to take another quick break to hear a word from my friends over at Gordon Food Service. These guys are amazing. So I've worked. I've worked for Cisco, I've worked for Freshpoint, I've worked for U.S. Foods, and coming into a relationship with Gordon Food Service, I was like, ah, you guys are out of Kentucky, I don't, I don't know what you really do, I don't hear a lot about you, and man, when I started working with them, I was blown away. I was blown away because I was used to companies saying one thing and doing another, and that's probably the most frustrating thing in the world is when somebody comes in and they oversell you, and then they don't deliver. Well, that is the opposite of what happened with me and with Gordon Food Service. I started a relationship with them, and they said that they were going to do all of these things. And then, by magic, they actually did all of them. And not only that, but they live their cornerstone values. And I just love them to death. And you know what? I have an amazing sponsorship with them now. And here's my challenge to you. If you're out there and you don't really love the company you're buying food from, send me a message. Let me make an introduction. Let me find out what you're doing. I'd be happy to talk to you first, see what you're doing, and I will introduce you to them, and, and 
this is an amazing, amazing thing. Gordon Food Service can not only save you money, but they can help you succeed. They're doing some amazing things because they genuinely care about your success. And I've seen this over and over and over again. And I've helped facilitate a lot of these conversations. Um, guys, Broadline Food is a big deal. And Gordon Food Service is doing a great, great job. You know, they have these stores all over town too. And now they have vans. They're delivering every day. You can order same day out of their vans if you forget to order something, which is really, really, really cool. So go to the website, gfs.com. Click on uh, Click a tab, click there saying that you'd like to be a customer, you'd like to learn more, or send me a message at, at Brandon underscore NRR on Instagram. Just send me a direct message that says, hey man, I'd like to learn more about Broadline Foods and what you can do for me because I think we could offer a great deal. When Nashville Restaurant Alliance goes into play, there's going to be some sweet deals that GFS is going to be a part of, and we're really excited to bring that to you. So get ahead of the curve and uh, give me a call today or message me and learn about Gordon Food Service. Nice. He was so cool. Yeah, just a very chill kind of guy. And I was like, oh, I wish I could have. I just want to hang out with him. I guess yeah. that's everybody with their their celebrity oh, people yeah. they want to do. He I was, just want to kick it He was it with so him. cool and friendly and humble and just chill, just an easy hang. Mm. When did you, how did you get to hang out with him? My wife's job, I end up in she works for a record label so i sometimes i end up places where i'm like i i shouldn't be here and one of those places eddie vetter was there and like we just kind of ended up talking for a while and hanging and he was just like he was just a dude you know he's super chill is there and then when it was time for him to leave he went around to every single person in the room and said goodbye every person in the room he said bye to personally whether he knew them or not (laughs) he just made a whole lap and said bye to everyone that's cool. But that's like legend. That's so cool, man, yeah. that people do stuff like that. Yeah. I love hearing stories like that. Is there any celebrity that you've met that you're just like, this is... Man, not really. When you get to wake... <laughs> when you get to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror every day, it's nobody else that compares, you know? <laughs> also, I met Ron Jeremy on uh, Rodeo Drive one time. Nice. Yeah. I met Ryan Dunn and Don Vito one time. That's pretty cool. I've actually met Ron Jeremy, too. <laughs> we were shooting together one day. Oh, sick. No, yeah, tight. No, he did a vodka or something, and I was at an Atlanta food and wine show, and he was there signing bottles of his vodka or whatever his liquor was that he did tequila. I don't know what it was, but I got to meet him. Damn. I think he was half asleep when I met him. He was not very nice or kind or cared about. Yeah, you know, no, he's like, not that. But, you know, you you got to say hi to Ron Jeremy if you see him. You right? got to. You, you got, got to. to. I was really cool when the Passion of the Christ came out. I got to meet Mel Gibson oh, before he was crazy Mel Gibson. Yeah. And I'm six foot six. And when I walked into this house in Bellevue where they were screening, the, my dad was there where they were screening. He was like, you want to come meet Mel Gibson? I'm like, fuck yeah. This is like a couple years after Braveheart. I'm like, yeah, yeah I want to meet Jesus. Mel. So I walk in and, uh, and there's a couch in the room and he jumped on top of the couch, still a foot shorter than me, standing on top of the couch to shake my hand. Whoa. I thought it was kind of a cool thing. He's like, hello, young man. I was like, damn, you're like five foot one. That's funny. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I think you're you're William Wallace. I never I realized that either. Yeah, I didn't know. And he's like tiny. Like him and Tom Cruise. He's just a little guy. He's a little guy. They do some tricks on, Angry those, little on guy. those movies to just a little guy. Not let you know. Yeah. All right. This well, movie guys, magic. We're in an hour and a half. That's how long. Did it, I don't know. Wow. 
I haven't got an hour and a half in a long time. We got a lot of things to say. We've I've had a lot of fun, guys. This has been a fun interview for me. We, Thank you we for We barely in. scratched the surface. Let's go again. I know, yeah. right? It's every show I finish, I go, like, we got to do this again. <laughs> I'm just having fun. I don't want to keep people sitting in their car away like, God, this show's got to end. I got to get to work. And I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to finish this. Um so like I said, but to start off, well, thank you guys so much for being here. Like Absolutely. This, for sure. I, every day I get to pinch myself that I get to sit and have these conversations with people that, with these such unique stories and that you have come in to tell the story. Uh, it means the world to me. And you guys are just, like I said, this was so much fun. I wish you nothing but success uh, going forward. But this is the time. This is the time. The Gordon Food Service final thought. You guys are both drinking um, out of these amazing Gordon Food Service cups. Those are yours now. You get to keep them, take mm. them with you. When you're doing live events show, Gordon Food, GFS, they're amazing, amazing people. I'm going to hook you up with them. We frequent their business. Oh, you go to the store. We do. Yeah, yeah. Andy nice. lives close to it. Where do you live? I live in Goodlitzville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They'll deliver to you now. Oh, yeah, that's cool. From that store in a van. I'm going to hook that up for you. Actually, I think I heard that on here somewhere. Yeah. Yes. One of your, one of your episodes. Title sponsors. Uh, I'm going to give you a hat, too. So you got a hat you can take with you. And cool. Fun. I, got, I got Carhartt beanies. If you come nice. in and do the show, you got lots of swag you get to leave with. I love All of my stuff. amazing sponsors. We are also drinking coffee from Bongo Java. Mm. This was a gift from Bob Bernstein, Heck who yeah. owns Bongo Java. So all of the coffee that we're drinking here is local coffee from bongo java gives a couple coffee. little shout outs to some people who have Love helped it. me out so the gordon food service final thought is just that you guys get to take us out you're speaking to anybody who's still listening to us which i think the last 10 minutes is probably the funnest part but yeah it's great um whatever you want to say as long as you want to say it that this is your this is your time uh andy and cody take us out this is prep talk prep talk you yeah we've been Talking about doing a podcast called Prep Talk. Where we just mic ourselves up while we prep and just <laughs> record <Talk>. it. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, Cody, you start. You know, you're the opening act. Now a headline. What's your, what do you got to say? Man, you know, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Don't, don't steal mine. Uh, why don't you start then? Go ahead. That way I don't steal yours. Okay, great. You know, sit back. <laughs> We're going to talk for a while. No, I'll keep it short. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in um, you truly, you know, within realm of reality, you can accomplish damn near anything you want to accomplish if you w are willing to work hard for it, willing to fail, get back up and try again and work hard again and possibly do that process two or three times and fail a couple times. But as long as you're willing to work hard, um, you can damn near make your dreams come true. And, um, just being here talking to you is, is great. And kind of like a reality, you know, like I listen to your podcast and you have a lot of real restauranteurs and like chefs and people that I respect. So just like us being here is kind of like a, you know, a notch in the belt of like, you know, certain people are taking what we've done, you know, started in Cody's front yard, giving away free cheeseburgers. Now we're an active and real part of the Nashville food community. Um, and that's something that we started, like I'm 40 years old, you know, like 
as long as you're willing to work hard and start over, like we started this whole new life together um, at, at 40 years old for me and it's working, you know, and there's still a whole lot to prove to ourselves. Um, but that's amazing. And also a caveat to that is like um, something I'm truly working on in myself really hard is the older we get, the more cynical we become and the, the more negative things can be. Uh, because there's so much shit going on in the world around you. Um, and I'm actively daily working on being present and positivity and giving my all to every second of every day and um, just being thankful for all the past that's got me here today. So the 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 older I get, hopefully I'm growing in positivity and not cynicism. Um, that's a daily struggle and we could talk about, we could have a podcast about that, but that's me. That's what I got to say. What do you got to say? That's Kelly? good, man. The world is crazy. Be good to each other. Be empathetic towards one another. Do no harm, but take no shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, live your life. Do the best you can. Be good. Be good. There's so much bad out there. Just just be good. The world needs good. Yes. Kindness. Kindness and empathy. Um, yeah, man. Do You can do almost anything you want. You probably can't be an astronaut. It's probably too late to be an astronaut. Can't be a pro football player. But a lot, yeah, it's probably too late for that too. But a lot of other things <laughs> you can do if you're willing to work at it. Uh, Andy, I was telling Andy he can be almost anything he wants to be. But he, not an astronaut. He told me I could probably win the CrossFit Games if I really wanted to. Yeah, I probably think, could. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, but I think this. I think your time has passed to be an astronaut or yeah. a pro football player. Hey, um, if this burger thing takes off. Yeah, and you guys get to where you're walking into burger places signing. Up. Fucking William Shatner is an astronaut. Yeah, that's true, dude. I mean, in all for all intents purposes, SpaceX and and that's these things true. are happening. Dude, dude, that is that You is, can be an astronaut, buddy. I can buddy. be anything. You can be I'm going to go ahead and poke holes in your theory. I think you could be an you never know. Yeah. But what about a pro football player? No, I don't I don't know. I mean, they maybe might, if I if you At get 40? famous enough, they might let you play one one what do you call it? Snap. Snap. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Man, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I didn't plan for I didn't plan for anything you cool. You did good. I got one more thing to add. When you read our menu, you come up, we got a scan code, we got all our stuff on our menu, and you obviously see that there's no french fries on our menu. Don't then ask, hey, do you have french fries? Don't you think if we have french fries, they would be on our menu? So if you walk out, I'm gonna, that's the first thing I'm asking you guys, by the way, when I come out, because I'm going to be out like the next time you're open, I'm going to be like, y'all got fries? Uh, it's, 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 it's a grumpy thing. Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit grumpy. You know, like just... You know, if you haven't read the menu and you ask, okay. But also well, read the menu. Read the do, menu. Do, you, do you then say, when somebody says, you're up for us, you go, did you read the menu? No, no. You no, don't no, You no. do not do like the, hey, did you look at the menu online? Did you, is there like an no, x-ray? I don't go, really. Yeah, I did. Like, did you see fries? There's no fucking fries. It's faster to just say no. We're very, we're that. very kind. And then, you know, under our breaths, we're, oh. we're mad about it. I just remembered a question I didn't ask you. Oh, Dude, it's on. not too late. This is this We're is still, part of our final 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 order. thought. Yeah. yeah. Where is your favorite place in town to get a smash burger that isn't you? 
I thought that was going to come up. Man, it's really hard. It's, it's ever-changing because at one time, I really, really thought that Hugh Babies was the best burger in town. Freaking good. And I still think it's a good burger, but now that we may, and no, you know, no offense to Pat, now that we've started making cheeseburgers and we have the best burger in town, it's hard to say that his burger is good. Well, we're giving it that you guys have the best one in town. We got the best now, one. Now, Shane Nasby is coming with Cletus Burger coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I want to try his. I'm pretty excited about that, too. His interview sounded cool. I will say that um, I'll give a shout-out to a couple uh, smaller dudes, like JP from Cabin Addict. He's a dude that does a pop-up. He's got a really good cheeseburger. And Cole from dream burger which is a new little trailer okay um, he's got a good cheeseburger all right yeah i really like the i really like uh, redheaded strangers burger oh, I think they I do a good say. job. their yeah. green chili burgers really yeah great. the green chili and bacon is he gets me on, awesome. on oh every time i see that shit on fa- instagram i'm like i need to go there it's a good it's a good cheeseburger Dude, and we I eat there so much we do we, we really like and tacos but yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, I'll get the burger every once in a while. I don't really eat cheeseburgers anymore. Like doing the prep and R and D for this business, I ate a lifetime's worth of cheeseburgers. I was like, how much weight did you guys gain during this? I used to be Cody size a year ago. He's <laughs> like, it's true. I actually used to do CrossFit every day, and uh, I had before I we started this. I had actually lost a ton of weight, and then I put like half of it back on doing cheeseburgers. You know, it, whatever. Anyway, all that to say, I don't eat cheeseburgers very often. But um, so usually when I go to Redheaded, I'm getting the burrito or tacos or whatever. But every now and then I'll be like, okay, it's time to re up that cheeseburger. I'm going there after this meeting. After, after oh, this nice. meeting, after this interview, <laughs> I'm this leaving meeting. here and I'm going straight to Redheaded Stranger. What are you going to order? Yeah, what are you gonna I'm going to get a burger, a green chili burger. Anything nice. else? Well, I don't, Tachos? I don't know. I haven't decided. I just decided two seconds ago that that's where I'm going to. I was really just looking for ideas as to where to go eat. Yeah. And you guys just made that happen for me. So thank you. You're welcome. You're oh, welcome. Dude. You're welcome to join me if They're you want to. They're queso and uh, flour tortillas. Oh, it's oh. great. You can teach me what They make up. those tortillas in house, which I just respect so much. I just love that when people do that. They got it. The Bryans, they got a beautiful thing going on over there. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you guys been to Audrey next door yet? I haven't, haven't. no. They just opened June. Which yeah, is so, upstairs. Yeah. Some amazing stuff happening at that building next door. He's a crazy mad scientist. He, um, you know, I think for all the people that talk about Sean Brock, see, this is how this interview goes to two hours. For all the people <laughs> about Sean Brock, I think the thing that most people, and maybe most people do get, this is the thing to me about him seeing Audrey is how intentional and how thoughtful and how progressive he is for people. He has a room, he has a library upstairs, a full library of all the cookbooks that you can go and just learn. Wow. It's a quiet room that has a thing that says in use and chefs can go in there. He has an R&D kitchen, which he takes zero, he takes alcohol and he has a, a, a some machine that removes the alcohol. If you get Jack Daniels, he can remove the alcohol from Jack Daniels and make zero proof spirits that tastes like Jack Daniels, but there's no alcohol in it, which is wow. cool for a guy like me who doesn't drink. Yeah. And then he has a wellness room upstairs. It has like shag carpet and there's like a massage table in there with like noise canceling headphones. And like if you're just, I need fight, you can just go up there and it's just a, a safe room. You can just go sit in and wow. come back. The, That's the, amazing. Like, That's awesome. The thoughtfulness behind all of that, not just, hey, I'm here to make food and experience, but like 
genuinely caring about his team and his staff and people, the intentionality behind all that, I think it's just it just shows what kind of a caring person he is. I think that's amazing. I think that that we need cool. more people like that in this industry. And I, I, his food's amazing, but like the kind of person he is, I think is pretty damn special. Yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah, that's tight. Yeah, good stuff. Gentlemen, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for taking you off the hot seat. Thank you for joining us on Nashville Restaurant Radio. Thank Thanks you. for having us. All right. Thank you so much to Andy and Cody from Bad Luck Burger Club for taking almost an hour and a half to sit and talk to us. Maybe more than an hour and a half to sit and talk to us. That was so much fun. I could have talked to those guys for hours on end. And we had the best time over at Redheaded Stranger. If you haven't been to Redheaded Stranger, you need to go today. The Crunchwrap Supreme, the Green Chili um, the green chili burger. And then man, all of their tacos are just on point. Service is great. Food is great. You guys need to go check them out now. And thank you guys for listening. We're going to have a big week coming up. Have a happy 4th of July. Love you guys. Bye.